Man, July 4th is right upon us. Can you believe that this year is blown by? Over half of it is gone. Amen. That's amazing. But you know, July 4th is a, a day where Americans should pause to consider our freedom. Don't let the day pass tomorrow where you don't consider your freedom. You see, because we are Americans, you and I possess certain rights and certain liberties that citizens of many other nations do not enjoy. Because we are Americans, we are free to assemble in a place like this. Because we are Americans, we are free to believe in any God we choose or in no God if we choose. Because we are Americans, we are free to speak our minds on any issue we choose. Because we are Americans, we are free to carry our Bibles. We are free to pray to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we are free to serve Him in the world in which we live. Thank God. Thank God that as long as America remains as she was originally designed, you and I can enjoy certain freedoms that will never be denied and never be taken away. But do you know, friend, that it is possible to be an American and not be free? Did you know that it's possible for you to be an American and enjoy all the rights that this citizenship affords you but still not be free? Did you know that many Americans today are absolutely free socially, but they are bound spiritually? In today's verses, we're going to find that the Lord Jesus is speaking to a group of men who, listen to me, who thought they were free. On page 948 in the Bibles in front of you, in John chapter 8, I want you to hear the recording of this conversation. In John chapter 8, in verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him. Now that's important. Because he's talking to Jews who believed in him. And he said to them, if you abide in my word, if you live in my word, if you dwell and live out my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And they answered Jesus saying, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them saying, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. 
and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You see, these men, they believed that because they were the sons of Abraham, they believed that because they were Jews, that they enjoyed spiritual freedom that would ultimately get them to heaven with God for all eternity. But Jesus lets them know that just because they're sons of Abraham don't matter a hill of beans. Because they were still sinners, just like the rest of humanity. And therefore they are also slaves. Slaves of sin. And so Jesus reminds this group. He reminds all the rest of the people that were there who were listening. And he reminds you and I today. That while we may enjoy certain freedoms in this country. We're not truly free. Because many of us are still slaves to sin. Jesus says that without Him, every single one of us have a very serious problem. We're still slaves. And unlike sons, slaves are not a permanent part of the family. Do you see the problem? However, Jesus wants us to know this morning that He alone can permanently remove the shackles of sin and make us truly free. He wants us to know that since He is the only begotten Son of God, that He alone has the power to make us truly free. Because He has the power. He alone has the ability and power to make us joint heirs with Himself. Because He has the power. He has the ability to make you and I sons and daughters of God. You see, a person can be locked away in a prison somewhere and still be free in Jesus. You and I can live in a perverse and corrupt, atheistic, godless society. But we can still be free in Jesus. Listen, my friend. Jesus has the power to make us truly free. So on this weekend, when we celebrate freedoms in America, let's be sure that we're also focusing on the freedoms we enjoy as Christians. And when I finish offering these facts this morning about what it means to be free indeed, maybe you will choose to be free indeed too. Let me begin by talking about the source of our freedom. Going back to John 8 in verse 32, Jesus begins giving us the source of our freedom. He says, and you shall know 
the truth. The truth is the source of our freedom. And the truth shall make you free. Great, Bill. What's the truth? The truth is this in verse 36. If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So in these few verses, Jesus is basically saying that He is the source of spiritual freedom. He is referring to the truth about Himself as it's revealed in this book. That's the truth. And that is the source of your freedom and mine. Truth refers not only to the truth in respect to God, but also the truth as it is uh, revealed about God's purposes revealed through Jesus Christ. It's twofold. So when Jesus talks about the truth, He's talking about the whole truth and nothing but the truth. He's talking about the truth about who He is and the truth about what He has done for lost sinners. Now, the truth about God is clearly seen. If you woke up this morning, you got a glimpse of God. When you walked outside this morning and you saw that sun rise, you got a glimpse of God. If you look at your grass that's getting knee high, you got a glimpse of God. Amen? We all get glimpses of God. God can be seen all around us. But listen, that fact that God can be seen all around us also tells lost sinners that they are without excuse. Listen to how Paul put it in Romans chapter, I'm sorry, yeah, in Romans uh, chapter 1. In verse 18, Paul, Paul writes, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what is made known of God is manifest in them. And what is known of God has also been shown to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. No excuse, y'all. Even God's eternal power. Even the Godhead. The three-in-one-ness of God is known so that lost sinners are without excuse. Because they, although they already knew God, they did not glorify God, and nor were they thankful to God, but they began becoming futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So these people, professing to be wise, actually made themselves out to be fools. So, the truth about God is seen all around us, but where do we find the truth about Jesus? Where do we find that? Well, we find the truth about Jesus in God's good news message. We call it the gospel. And listen to how Paul put this about the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, God's good news message of salvation. By which also you are saved. For I delivered to you first of all. That which I also received. That Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures. 
that He was buried and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So where do we find Jesus? In God's good news message of salvation. It's right here revealed in the Word. You see, Jesus allowed Himself to be crucified. He allowed Himself to be nailed to a cross whereby He would pay the penalty for human sin. Then God, in His infinite wisdom, would raise Him from the grave to make you and I right before God. Friend, the truth about Jesus is found on every single page you have in this book. You see, Bible history is His story. Bible history is His story. And this is what makes me so excited, Brother Tim. That y'all are taking time to make sure that our teenagers, the adults that are coming in the next five years, that they understand Bible history. That they understand the Scriptures and how the Scriptures can be applied to their young lives. It's so very important, not only for them, but for you and I as well. Now see, the Jews who sought to kill Jesus, here's what they said, or here's what Jesus said to them. He said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you find eternal life. But Jesus said, this whole book, all of the scriptures point to me. All of the scriptures point to me. So we need to know this word in order to know the son, the source of our freedom. The source of our freedom is found in Jesus Christ alone. But what is the scope of freedom? Jesus says that when he makes a person free, they are free indeed. Now that's important. Because the first word for free there in verse 36 literally means to set at liberty. And that first word for free pictures somebody who has been liberated from the bondage of slavery. Literally freed from the bondage of slavery. But that second free, free indeed, there in verse 36 refers to somebody who was born as a free person. Jesus says that the freedom that he gives when he saves me and you. Makes us as if we were never slaves to begin with. We were born that way. And we were just like we were when we were born. Never even slaves to begin with. So the liberty that Jesus gives you and I. Is so complete. It blots out our past but it also makes us absolutely free for our entire eternal future. Now, that's a far cry from where we began. That's a far distance, if you will, from where we were before we met Jesus. Because Paul said in Ephesians 2.1, before we came to Jesus, we were dead. We were dead in our trespasses, dead in our sins. Jesus said it this way there in verse 32 or in verse 34. Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave. A slave of sin. So I want you to think for a second. 
about all the areas where Jesus has made you free. Think of all those areas where you have experienced spiritual freedom in Jesus. Let me give you a couple. In Jesus, we are first delivered from the wrath of God against sin. The Bible says, having now been justified by Christ's blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Number two, in Jesus, we're delivered from condemnation. Paul wrote it this way. He said, "For now there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The third freedom you can experience is the fact that you can be delivered from death, delivered from hell. Jesus said it this way, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me shall have everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but shall pass from death straight to life. The blink of an eye. Amen. You have been delivered from death and hell. But number four, we're also in Jesus delivered from the power of sin. Paul wrote it this way. He said, sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're no longer under the law. You're under the law of grace. The grace of God. But we're also in Jesus delivered from the power of Satan. Now Peter said it this way. He said, you better be alert. Christian... You better be alert, you better be awake, you better be sober, you better be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is roaming about seeking to whom he may devour. But listen to what Peter says. Peter says, resist him. Now do you think that the Holy Spirit would have inspired Peter to say that if it weren't possible? No, it's possible for us to resist Satan, when we are in Jesus, Peter says, resist him and be steadfast in the faith. We can do it because God said we can do it. We can do it because of what Jesus provided for us and delivered and gave us freedom for him. So the deliverance and the freedoms that we enjoy in Jesus, friend, they are absolute. They are complete. And Romans 8, 2 reminds us of that truth. The Bible says that the law of the spirit of life, get this, in Christ Jesus has made us free. Free from the law of sin. Free from the law of death. So, the source of our freedom is Jesus Christ and Him alone. The scope of our freedom is absolute. It's complete. And listen, friend, it's eternal. But now let's talk about for a moment the sacrifice for our freedom. The sacrifice for our freedom. You see, the freedom that you and I enjoy as Americans did not come cheap. In fact, it was very expensive and very precious. We enjoy our freedoms as Americans because over one million brave Soldiers paid for our freedoms with their blood. Gave their lives so you and I could be free 
in this nation. Now I want you to consider the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence 246 years ago tomorrow. Of those 56 signers, five of them were captured by the British, they were tried as traitors, they were tortured before they were put to death for your freedom. Twelve of those original signers had their homes ransacked and burned to the ground for your freedom. Two of those original signers lost their sons in the Revolutionary War for your freedom. Another one had two sons captured by the British and put to death for your freedom. Nine of those 56 original signers fought themselves and died from wounds in the Revolutionary War for your freedom. Now what made these guys so special? Exactly what kind of men were these guys that signed the Declaration of Independence? Well, 24 of them were lawyers and judges. Up to this point, I didn't have a very good opinion of lawyers. But man, these guys are pretty cool. Amen? They gave their lives for my freedom. 11 of these original signers were business owners like many of you. Merchants. Business people. Nine of them were farmers and traders. So all these people, they were men of means. They were well-educated men. But they signed the Declaration of Independence knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were captured in that Revolutionary War. But they didn't care. They signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor for your freedom. Take, for example, one of them that you may not have heard of, whose name was Carter Braxton. Carter Braxton was from Virginia. He was a wealthy farmer, a wealthy trader. And when the war broke out, Carter Braxton saw every one of his ships sunk by the British Navy for your freedom. He sold his home and his property so that he could pay his debt. And he died penniless for our freedom. British General Cornwallis actually took over Thomas Nelson's home and used it as his own headquarters. Well, when Thomas Nelson got wind of this, he actually told then General George Washington to open fire on his own home. His own home was completely destroyed and Thomas Nelson died bankrupt. 
for our freedom. A fellow named John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. His 13 children fled the home. And as a result, John Hart had to live out in the forest in caves, y'all. Until such time, about a year later, he returned home and found his wife dead. And all 13 of his children dead. Why would he do that for our freedom? Countless, y'all. Countless were the sacrifices of the American Revolutionary War. Countless. These were not wild-eyed men chasing some conspiracy theory. No, these were men, soft-spoken men, men of means, men of education. And they gave it all up for our freedom. See, every one of those 56 signers... They were secure. I mean, they had it going on. Pretty wealthy, pretty smart, well-educated. Jen and I were talking about that uh, over half of them had gone to seminary. Graduated from seminary. These were not dumb men. They were very intelligent men. So they had security. But they valued liberty they valued your liberty more. You know, our freedom as Americans was purchased at a very, very high cost. I think we should be thankful for it, don't you? In fact, I think that we should be so thankful for it that we should be willing to die to protect it. Are you? willing to die to protect the freedom that you enjoy as an American? My friend, while the price of our national freedom was costly and very bloody, that pales in comparison to the cost that was paid for our spiritual freedom. You see, the cost of our spiritual freedom was the death of God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Nailed to a cross on Mount Calvary. And it was there at Calvary that Jesus became the sacrifice for our sins and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. It was there at Calvary that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. It was there at Calvary that the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. But why would he do that? For our freedom. Why would he do that? 
The answer is really quite simple. The answer is because God loves us. That's right. God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I want you to remember some things. Remember the horrible condition you were in before you came to Jesus. Paul said you were dead. You were dead in your transgressions. You were dead in your iniquities. And while I want you to remember that, you must always never forget the awesome statement of the Holy Spirit of God that we read about in Ephesians chapter 2. Listen carefully. But God, who is rich in mercy. This past Wednesday with the children, we learned what mercy was. Mercy is not giving punishment when it is due. So God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in transgressions, He made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you've been saved. And He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, slaves are made free men. In Christ Jesus, the bondage of sin is forever broken. The flames of hell are forever quenched. And the wrath of God is forever turned away. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. We have life, abundant life, the Bible says. In Christ Jesus, we have freedom, we have liberty. But in Christ Jesus, we also have the pursuit of godliness. So we have life, liberty, and the pursuit of godliness in Christ Jesus. So friends, listen. Has Jesus made you free? Have you accepted the liberty that Jesus Christ died to give you? If so, shouldn't you praise Him tomorrow? Shouldn't you praise Him today? Shouldn't we thank Him every day with every breath, with every action? Shouldn't we be serving Him with everything that's within us? He died to set us free. But if you haven't, maybe you've heard the facts this morning. And if you've heard the facts and you believe the truth, maybe you'd like to be free. Maybe you'd like to enjoy the spiritual freedom that Jesus died to give you. During our decision song, you're going to have that opportunity just to come to Jesus and allow me to show you what His Word says. And you can be guaranteed when you come that He will not turn you away ever. That's how much He loves you. But I fear that many of us, many believers, we experienced this freedom in the past. 
And then for some reason or another, we've allowed ourselves to be overcome with sin again. We kind of walked from liberty back into slavery. What does Jesus want to do for me if that is my situation? Well, guess what? He wants to make you free again. let him make you free and the guarantee of God the guarantee of the word of God is that he will free you from the penalty of sin he will free you from the power of sin in your life and ultimately he will free you from the presence of sin in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus 2 Corinthians 5.21 one of my favorite verses in the Bible really reminds me Of the freedom that Jesus died to give me. That verse goes like this. For God made Jesus who knew no sin. He knew no sin to be sin for Bill Barlow. Why? So that Bill Barlow might become the righteousness of God. Plug your name right into that verse too. Because the Father wants you to come and experience the liberty that He offers us through Christ. So after we pray, Miss Wendy and Joan are going to lead us in a decision song. And as I mentioned, if God's speaking to you about something, maybe it's just something we need to pray about. Maybe you want to experience that freedom firsthand for yourself. Maybe you want to return out of slavery back into freedom. If you'll come, humble yourself before him. The promise of God is he'll make you free indeed. Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you that, Lord, while we were dead in transgressions and sins, while we were in slavery, bound up by the shackles of sin, you recognize our greatest need and you sent your only begotten Son to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Father, I thank you so much for the truth of your word. I thank you that we can be free indeed Free as if we had never been in slavery to begin with. And it all becomes, it all comes through Christ who provided that wonderful matchless gift for us. So Father, if there's someone who needs to come today to grasp hold of that freedom, to come back to that freedom, Father, you speak to them as only you can. And we're going to give you praise in advance for how you speak to each one of us about the facts of your word as they've been revealed this morning. Thank you for doing that in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Mm